I acknowledge my growth and I acknowledge my shortcomings too, but I don't put judgment on them for myself. I don't beat myself up over it. They're all learning opportunities. I mean, that's the crossover with homeschool, right? Is that it's not a bunch of failures. It's a lot of learning opportunities. And once you start to get into that mindset and maintain it for your marriage, for your businesses, for your homeschool, for your parenting, for your friendship, like it feels like the world is fresh all the time. And you're just learning beside all of these different people that you love. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Lori Beth, for being on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, tell us a little bit more about you, and we'll get started. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk about this with you. This is just not something I feel like I always get to talk about. So thank you for having me on the show. I'm Lori Beth Aldridge. I live on the island of Maui with my husband, Chris, and our three daughters who are currently six, five, and three. We also have a two and a half year old in the house. And that brings a whole ball game of energy and fun. (laughs) I didn't realize how different boys were. (laughs) I really didn't. But my husband and I um, flip houses. We run a renovation business. We do renovations for other people. We also flip our own house projects. I do all the design work. He makes it come to life. It is awesome and so much fun. There is the saying remodeled, remarried. For us, it's the total opposite. It is like, I can't believe you came up with that idea. And he gives me a high five. And I'm like, I can't believe you brought that to life. And I give him a high five. And it's very fun. It's a little different story when the renovations happen within our own house, of course. (laughs) But we live through it because we know what comes at the end, you know, and we value each other's hard work that we put in. I have my own podcast called Elevating Motherhood. We're actually doing a homeschool deep dive this month for August 2020. And I'm interviewing homeschool moms from all over the world. And it is just so fun trying to be supportive of the homeschool community because there's a lot, not only are we doing a lot, but now we're handholding a lot of other new homeschoolers. And it honestly feels like I would say double the work, but let's be real. It feels like a thousand times the work and we are go-getters. So we're happy to do it. But now it's almost like we're tasked with finding a way to reach as many people as possible and to help them and to pass along these messages in more of a group setting than one-on-one. So I have a homeschool course. I run a small boutique online called Beautiful and Simple. And I have a blog called Yaya Mamas. And I'm working on putting together a sisterhood, motherhood community called the Yaya Collective that will hopefully launch soon. But I'm also tasking myself with making that community off of Facebook. (laughs) Your face was amazing. (laughs) Ladies, when you, when we do these calls, we're on Zoom calls. So we see each other, but you don't necessarily see our faces. And the reason that you said that this is Lori Beth, I was just given an opportunity the other day that isn't 
for public discussion yet to build a community off of Facebook because right now that's where we are because that's the most convenient place to be. But I, I am with you there. I know there's mixed feelings about Facebook. I, you know, I'm not here to talk about that for, you know, other reasons, but yeah, that's awesome. I am so proud of you. Isn't that how we are as visionaries and leaders? You know, it doesn't matter that that's the way it's always been done for the last, you know, decade. We're going to go do something different. That's right. When I was talking with my PR team about it, they were like, well, Facebook, that's where the success is. That's where it's easy. That's where it's convenient. And I'm like, have you listened to my episode about the live convenience? <laughs> because, <laughs> because I don't know, I, I, I hear the convenience, but I see the distraction and I feel the distraction. And then we get sucked out of that. And the whole point is to bond and be focused and zone into each other and build that connection in that community. And and I just, I feel very strongly that it has to be off of Facebook, whatever that looks like. So that's really cool that you're involved in that too. I love that. Thank you. Super fascinating. Okay. I am sure that Lori, Beth, and I are going to have a later conversation about that because that is huge, but I know you all are not here to hear about that today, but something that Lori, Beth, and I were discussing prior to this, as you all know, you know, I bring my guests on and I'm big on following my intuition. So sometimes I go into it with you know, kind of a preconceived notion of where the interview will go and where my questions should lead. And other times we chat right before and it goes in a totally different direction. And that's kind of what you're going to get today. So Lori, Beth, and I were discussing about how a lot of our entrepreneurs, like our homeschool CEOs right now, are experiencing our current situation differently. Some of them are really struggling with different the effects of the pandemic. And if that is you, my heart goes out to you. But then there's another realm, and we're going to talk about that here, that we talked about how sometimes it's almost like a quiet badge of shame when our business is doing well, while other people are suffering. So can you kind of tell me a little bit today, Lori Beth, about how you and your husband's businesses are performing? I know you have multiple. So can we talk about how is that going in the midst of this pandemic? It's um, all over the map. (laughs) People aren't interested in buying from boutiques necessarily. They want to. They want to shop small. They want to shop local. They want to support friends. But a mug isn't necessarily going to serve them right now. So as far as that goes, you know, that's just kind of stagnant. But the real estate market in Hawaii is booming right now. People are buying houses sight unseen who aren't even on the island. You know, they're doing virtual tours and just, it's wild. It's crazy. For our business in particular, flipping the houses, um, you know, foreclosures are really up in the air and, but they're still happening, but there's laws against them, but there's not. So it's like this constant studying of things, but we close on a project tomorrow. So our business is doing well the podcast is exploding in a matter of two weeks with me showing up and serving my audience and then a wider audience too of homeschool moms. My listenership has doubled in two weeks and it's just booming and great. And the sponsorships are coming in and it's feeling effortless. And I think it's not because of the success. If I'm honest, I think it's because I am tuning out the noise as much as I can and focusing on what my wheelhouse is. I don't know how 
faith-based your podcast is, but you know, sometimes when I start to feel that overwhelm, I come back to this notion of, okay, I'm standing in this wheelhouse. If there's a wheel in here for me to turn, give me a sign and I'll show up and do the work. So it's almost Mm -hmm. like if I, you know, pray or meditate on something and say, is this where I'm supposed to be? I don't end there. I say, give me a sign, show me where I'm supposed to be. I am here willing and ready to do the work without a shadow of a doubt. It was, you need to double down on the podcast, actually more than double down. And you need to do a homeschool focus. And I was like, yep, let's do it. Last minute. Let's go. Let's do it. This is how I can serve the world. And when you follow your intuition and you are willing to show up and do the work, the second it's presented to you, this idea is presented to you, then I feel like that is kind of where the success comes from. So I am experiencing a lot of success right now while I'm watching businesses and friends crumble around me. And that is very hard. So I am trying to show up for them as much as I can while also staying in my lane and focusing on that. And you're right, there is this tricky balance between sharing what is working because people want things that are working. Mm-hmm. And But sometimes when people say, I want to know what's working, I need to do something different and you show them your success, I feel like sometimes there's some hangups there you know, because they want it, but they're not quite ready to do the reframe necessary. And sometimes that's involved, like that is because their basic needs aren't being met, right? Um, Right now, because like with Hawaii shut down and businesses going over and people going bankrupt and, and having to move in with other people and, you know, us needing to take on other people, like we are showing up in that way for other people. And our grocery list includes 13 people and not just ours, you know? So there are ways that we are showing up and staying in our lane while still being helpful. And again, that's one of those moments where I have to sit here and go, okay, I love my life. I love my homeschool. I love my businesses. I love my husband. How do I model that without being braggadocious? How can I inspire people? And the message over and over that I get is just like, stay in your lane, stay true to yourself, stay true to yourself. Don't fall for the distractions because there are people over in their own mind dealing with their own stuff, you know, and I could take that on, but that's not the way I'm feel like I'm being guided to take other people's things on. You know, my guide is buy groceries, show up for people, volunteer, care for other people's kids when you can, um, and just be supportive. And I have to continue to show up as my authentic self because I know that other people in their heart of hearts want that too. They want their businesses to be successful. They want to be happy in their homeschool. We're just swimming upstream right now. We were swimming upstream before the pandemic, let's be honest. As moms, we are constantly fed this notion of like martyrdom and motherhood is hard and you need wine to survive and all of these, like, I don't know, there's just these messages that hold us back. And so the only normal accepted version of motherhood is it's struggling and your house is a mess. I ride the struggle bus every once in a while, but I get off as soon as I can. If I find myself, if I look around, I'm like, I'm on the struggle bus get off at the next stop, (laughs) get off at the next stop and get yourself a coffee or a nap or rest or brush your hair, (laughs) you know, do Mm -hmm. something so you can get off that struggle bus ASAP. But it's almost like a badge of honor. If you have a lifelong pass to the struggle bus. Yeah. 
It is. And I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, people will say, you know, is it hard to balance the two businesses in your family? And I said, no, I love everything that I do. Yes. So it doesn't see, it doesn't feel like work because I never bought into that. And the same thing with like finding success, I'm in the same exact same thing. You know, I stay in my lane. I don't go out and try to do everybody else's stuff. I stay in my niche. That's where we are. And, but it's hard sometimes when, like you said, we're, you know, we want to celebrate our victories and people ask for advice and we want to share, but it's that balance of not being, not bragging and taking and being compassionate and empathetic to where everybody is. So would you say then that one of the areas where it's to build that confidence, to be able to share and to celebrate is part of the sisterhood that you've created? Um, sure. But when you were talking just now, I was thinking about yes to the sisterhood thing, but the bigger piece I think is getting to know your true self and being true to yourself and who you really are. So when I think of braggadocious stuff nowadays, honestly, the first thing I think of is social media and posting beautiful photos, you know, and my intention behind that, right? So I think that getting to know myself and being true to my intentions, it's not to curate this beautiful gallery, you know, it's equal parts like for me to have a collection of stuff of my kid's childhood and this season that we're in because it's fast paced, but it's slow, but there's so much going on. I don't want to forget things. So it is a way for me to show people like how things could be and that it is genuine. But my intention behind it is never to brag or be like, look how wonderful my life is. Although I get messages um, from people, friends and strangers who, who see it that way to a certain degree. They see it as like, oh, well, isn't your life just perfect? And oh, isn't your life just, oh, isn't that wonderful? Well, good for you. <laughs> and I laugh uncomfortably because when, when people say that to me, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I just, that's, I, that's not the sisterhood, you know, like, so, and I want you to feel good about you. And I want you to get to an abundance mindset where you can realize that there is enough for me and you. It's like one of my podcast guests and good friends said, like, good for you, the same for me kind Mm -hmm. of mindset, that abundance mindset of realizing that there is enough space for both of us. But the only way to get there is to figure out yourself first, right? Or maybe the only way to get there or one, another way to get there is through that sisterhood of saying, you know, good, good for Lori Beth, good for Jen, the same for me. And realizing that there's space for all of us to have that And so if we can kind of come into that sisterhood with that energy and that there is enough for me, there is enough for you, there are enough for all of these moms, then we make space for that genuine sisterhood. And that's that Yaya collective. That's that that sisterhood, that motherhood collective where the comparison isn't there because it's good for you and there's good for me. And we're going to figure out how to support each other in that abundance space. Oh, I love that. That's, that's how we operate too with homeschool CEO. Same thing, you know, like on Wednesdays, we celebrate our wins, but we celebrate them as far as what we figured out because we also acknowledge that it's the journey. The journey is just as much of a celebration as the end result. Mm-hmm. 
but it's that same mindset of what's good for you is good for me. And there's enough space Mm -hmm. for all of us at the table. Mm -hmm. Your ad agency, 5,000 other ad agencies, one ad agency can't do it all, you know? Exactly. Well, even within the homeschool CEO, I've had people come to me and say things like, you know, there's another homeschool coach in here, right? I said, yeah, there's probably 50 of them. And guess what? There's a lot. And this was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I said, and there's lots of people who need help with homeschooling and there is room for all of them. Right. And that is, and I had people that were completely blown away when I shared that with them because they said, how can you run a community like that? And I said, there's so much, you know, there's so much abundance in the world. There's so many people. There's so many opportunities. None of that is scarce. Hmm. Yeah, we operate on that same wavelength with homeschool CEO. So what about when it comes to your kids, when you're trying to balance your all of your businesses, because you do have multiple businesses, and I know we have some homeschool CEOs that have that as well. How are you balancing? You know, actually, let, let me rephrase that because we don't really believe in the word balance in homeschool CEO because, right, balance is just this never ending carrot dangling in front of you that you're chasing after. It doesn't exist, but how do you manage and still love your life? Because you said you're on the struggle bus sometimes, but you get off quickly. So how are we doing that and managing all the businesses, marriage, kids, homeschooling and everything? Sure. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, where do you start when, you, when your life is so full? <laughs> but I, I think that that's how that's the start of it is the mindset that I bring to the table. So my life is full. I have a full life and full heart. And do I, does that mean a full schedule? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I fill my life with things that I want. So I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be married to my husband and I act like it. <laughs> and I want to be a mom. It's such a blessing for me to have three girls. If I could have, you know, years ago pictured like a perfect life for me, I'd be the mom of three girls and it came true. And it like, it's just set up. And my, my husband is such a good girl, dad. And you know, we honor that we don't take it for granted. Um, I don't take for granted the fact that I have this family and this life that I live on Maui, you know, there's a view. I make sure to look at it all the time and to contemplate it and take it in as part of my life. We have animals. We have miniature goats and fancy chickens, and I've got gardens. And we're on this like homesteading journey, and all of this too, because I want that. It's not just one more thing to do. I don't view my children's education as something like I have to do. Like it's it's drudgery. It's wow, we get to learn alongside of each other. And honestly, when I see myself on the struggle bus, I am able to be reflective in those moments too of, okay, what time of the month is it? <laughs> in right. all honesty, you know, yep. I don't ignore that part, the biological component of my mindset. You know, what foods have I eaten recently? Has it only been bread and cheese and sugar and caffeine? Because if that's the case, <laughs> you know, I... I am responsible for that. I am responsible for the mindset that I bring to the table. I take responsibility. And I also, oh, I'm grateful for it too. And I know gratitude seems so cliche, but it's not cliche. It's it's part of the key to success, I feel like. This abundance mindset, this gratitude, not taking things for granted. 
acknowledging the life that you want to, like, I let my husband know I want to be married to him, you know, even in the hard times, I let him know when I appreciate him. I let him know when I am annoyed by him. (laughs) Mm. And we have this sort of open communication with each other that has been a slow unfolding over time. It's not like we were married and had it all figured out. You know, we were married and, you know, within that first year we had a baby and we're like, what is happening? What is even going on? It's been a long, slow unfolding, but we always have the long-term relationships in mind, always. In our business stuff, living on an island, you have to know that. Flipping houses in a community where there's not enough housing is something that you have to be very aware of. So we're very mindful in our business too, to always have long-term relationships in mind. Talk about living in a small town and a small space, you know, it matters. And so you have to be a little more thoughtful in how you show up for sure. And that doesn't mean that I'm positive all the time or I say or do the right things all the time, but I acknowledge my growth and I acknowledge my shortcomings too, but I don't put judgment on them for myself. I don't beat myself up over it. They're all learning opportunities. I mean, that's the crossover with homeschool, right? Is that it's not a bunch of failures. It's a lot of learning opportunities. And once you start to get into that mindset and maintain it for your marriage, for your businesses, for your homeschool, for your parenting, for your friendship, like it feels like the world is fresh all the time. And you're just learning beside all of these different people that you love. So true. So we are big about mindset and the fact that we don't, we de or we take away that value that we put on outcomes for success or failure. We just detach the value and mm-hmm. say, it just is what it is. What are we learning all the time? Because as entrepreneurs, we're always growing. And I know we had chatted a little while ago about as entrepreneurs, we make amazing homeschoolers because we're all about taking a risk and learning and taking that opportunity and growing from it. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a lifestyle. And what you're saying too about building the long-term relationships just in life in general, with our children, with our spouses, with, you know, friends, family, potential business partners, that is so important. Mm -hmm. So with that. Would you say, I think I'm going to know the answer to this, but I like to say ask because you never know. I could be wrong. Would you say then that homeschooling is something that takes up a lot of your time or is it more interwoven throughout your day or is it like two hours in the morning and then everything else is business? What does that look like for you? Sure. A lot of people like the pragmatics of it, right? Like give us your color coded schedule. (laughs) And that's why I ask, but anybody who's been homeschooling more than like, I don't know, 30 minutes knows that's not necessarily (laughs) the case. All right. So let's hear what a day in the life of Lori Beth looks like. Sure. I wake up at 5am sometimes before because I need to get the me time out of the way and something that interests me, something that I need to work on. Most of the time, that's the podcast or my businesses. Sometimes it's reading. Sometimes it's studying the the latest thing on my bucket list of things to study. It's hot coffee in the morning by myself in the quiet and whatever that looks like, whatever that means. Sometimes it's me outside. A lot of times it's me in my office with the door open and the hot coffee and just zoning out for a little bit. So 
I have my me time in the morning so that I'm not constantly searching for it the rest of the day and getting angry that everyone's in my way <laughs> of my me time. Um, and then we mostly do our adventures first thing in the morning. It's so funny because I'm trying to picture my rhythm, our rhythm, and there's kind of a weekly rhythm more than a daily rhythm. So we always go to the beach every Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday mornings, we usually get together with a friend or grandma or somebody like that, you know, our Hanai grandma. We don't have any family near us. Everything is Hanai, you know, chosen friendship. Thursdays, I'm like, I think the kids do ballet. <laughs> it's just, just know that our activities are in the morning. <laughs> and then we, because we have the fourth um, child in the house and we've got some nap energy going on right now. We are home, so we eat lunch, and then the kids watch the show, and then there's nap time, and then we'll either do homeschool stuff or be outside, or I check my email all day long, pretty much, because especially when we have big projects going on, like the one for now, it's a big deal to, to close tomorrow, and I'm sure you understand the massive amounts of paperwork that come out of that, and I'm in charge of that. So it's trying to, I do use the word balance. I do use the B word. <laughs> Just trying <laughs> totally to... <laughs> fine. No judgment. No judgment. Um, <laughs> I, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, so then in the afternoon, it's kind of more homeschool stuff, but we also car school. You know, we listen to podcasts and audiobooks in the car. Sometimes that afternoon nap, if I have something super pressing and last minute, I just have to be really flexible, right? That's how my whole working homeschool journey began anyway, was just constantly being flexible. Um, so then in the afternoon, gosh, I'm sorry. I wish I had a color-coded schedule. It makes so much more sense. But I'll turn on an audiobook of a book that we're supposed to be reading from the curriculum or find it on YouTube. And then I'll jet off those couple of emails or whatever. So I try to touch base a couple times during the day try to be present for bedtime as much as I can. We usually go to bed early though. And so it's never a surprise if we wake up at 3.30 in the morning or like, what happened? And the kids are all piled on you. <laughs> so that's kind of how that goes. And an interesting way we balance that too is my husband and I sleep in separate rooms. Really? Yes. And actually you'd be surprised to know that about 40% of Americans do this. We just don't talk about it. But he's a night owl and I'm a morning person. And so sometimes our schedules don't overlap and we would have to keep each other up, you know, to do that. So we don't sleep in the same room and it works for us. And that's part of our secret too, honestly, because then when we are together, we're not annoyed that, <laughs> you know, one of us kept the other one up all night or woke us up early or stole the blankets or anything like that. We can just come fresh like, Hey, how did you sleep? Because I slept and you slept, you know, rather than being like, that was the worst. Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> okay. I have to stop you right there because that's something that my husband and I struggle. We've struggled with for 16 years because he is a night owl and I'm like you, I'm up at 4 30, mm -hmm. 5 AM every morning. And, but the downside of that is I go to bed earlier because I still expect eight hours of sleep. Exactly. And so for years we've argued over this and I, to be honest, I've never, you know, we, the reality is two generations ago, that was standard. They slept in separate rooms, you know, because they didn't have things like CPAP machines for snoring, you know, things <laughs> like that. That's awesome. That was super common that they would sleep in different yeah. rooms. And then somewhere along in our generation or the last generation, we've said, oh, that's wrong. Like that's a bad marriage. Right. But that makes sense. Like maybe. Maybe this is something we could explore. So thank you for giving permission to all of our moms 
to be like, you know, we're going to create our own journeys, our own journeys in our marriage, our own journeys in our business and our own journeys in our homeschooling. Well, that's part of our aligning. I know it's such a simple, strange thing to say, but that sleep is really important. The funny question, I'm sure you get it all the time too, is like, when do you sleep? Do you sleep? I'm like, oh yeah, like eight hours. It has to be full of rest. We work hard, play hard for sure. Rest is a huge part of it. If I'm overwhelmed, if I'm on the struggle bus, I get off that bus and I have a cup of coffee outside, outside. It's almost like it has to be outside. If I don't have time to go to the beach because my schedule is so full and overwhelming, I stop everything and I go to the beach. And then I have the rest and the reset to tackle that to-do list where I was drained in that overwhelm and just barely getting through before. So I make sure to stop and do that. So if I'm like, Oh man, we've just been invited to go to the beach. Should I go? My list is so long. I stop everything and we go to the beach. And then when I come back, that to-do list is still there, but I have the energy to get it done. It's, it's part of aligning our actions and our values that sleeping in Mm -hmm. separate beds because we value rest. And at some point we had to say, remember that, that just had a baby after getting married (laughs) story, (laughs) all those problems stemmed from lack of sleep and lack of rest and trying to make the, the culture's larger view of like what a successful marriage looks like, you know, of a baby in a crib and, you know, us sleeping in the same bed, whether we're happy about it or not, you know, we were trying, trying to make other people's supposed values work. And when we realized that we valued rest, we had to align our actions with that, even if it looks countercultural to other people. But then once you start talking about it, you realize other people have that too. We also honor the individual as well. That's a family value of ours. And so I honor the fact that my husband is an idol. I'm not going to try to change him. He honors the fact that I need my space in the morning and we have a much smoother day if that happens, we're not trying to change the other person to fit our schedule and our needs. That is so wise. And I think that just comes from time For and sure. growth. And yeah. So if, if you're listening to this and you're not there yet, just know that this isn't something that happened overnight, right? I mean, it, it took a long time. You fight through things, you learn, yeah. you grow, we change. And as entrepreneurs and homeschooling moms, we're doing that all the time. You know, life is about change Mm -hmm. and growth. There's the trust factor too, right? I trust that my husband, we had to learn that over time. I trust that he's showing up and doing his best. He trusts that I'll be able to see the big picture when I have outbursts, (laughs) you know, of like, (laughs) what just happened? What do you mean the door is on a ship in the middle of the ocean and won't be here for six weeks, you know, (laughs) like, which is a true story. You know, when, when stuff like that happens, he trusts that I'll come around and I trust, we trust that that it will work out, that we are supported on all levels. And that has to include that support for each other. And I think that we're passing that on to our kids too. And that like that trust, I trust that learning is happening all the time, right? I trust that. And so I let it happen. I trust that my children will read. It's just not going to look like that for a schedule. I have a a six-year-old who's not necessarily reading, but it's by her own choice. She says, mom, I don't want to learn how to read right now because as soon as I learn how to read, I'll never not know how to read again. And (laughs) if you knew her better, you know, that's classic her. (laughs) That's awesome. But you know, I'm honoring that in her. She is reading. She pointed to a book the other day about bees that she'd never read before and said, mom, does it say pollen? And I'm like, yeah, it does. And then we moved on. 
You know, I wasn't like forcing that learning moment. I was just like, yeah, cool. Awesome. Yes, it does. Way to go. Woo. And then we moved on. You know, I acknowledged it. I answered her. The learning is happening all the time. She'll come around. It will explode. One day she'll wake up and decide she wants to read and she'll get out of her own way. But I'm not trying to force her out of her own way. Just like my husband and I are not trying to force each other out of my own way, or even in the sisterhood, you know, community, we're not trying to force each other out of our own way. We're just modeling what that looks like, hoping, hoping that they join us. Yeah. I think trust is so underrated in our society. Mm. It almost is like a, a vulnerability to let because we're releasing that control. Yes. Yes. Boy. And yes. <laughs> I feel like as you know, in the homeschool CEO society, where lots of Enneagram eights, there's threes in there too, but lots of, <laughs> lots of strong driven women. I mean, cause who else would be crazy enough to run, you know, very successful businesses and homeschool and do the things that we do. But I feel like learning to trust our children and trust ourselves and trust that others are doing the best that they can that's a lot of release of control, Mm -hmm. which is maybe not our strong suit sometimes. Right. (laughs) It's a constant practice for me. (laughs) It is. We're growing. We're growing together. (laughs) Lifelong learners. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But I tell the story of my youngest, he's dyslexic. And so he didn't learn to read until he was 10. And we had we had lots, I, you know, he was number four in the lineup. And I often said, one, I knew the child was different than my other three. Mm-hmm. Two, had he been my first, I probably would have quit homeschooling because I would have convinced myself I was a bad mom yes, and I was a bad teacher because I was so frustrated. And then somewhere around, he was probably eight and a half. And I just, I started to trust him. And I just said, you know what? He'll read when he's ready. Mm-hmm. And Long story short, he started playing Minecraft and guess what? They all text on Minecraft and he really wanted to know what they were saying. Yes. And he, he figured it out. And then um, by 10, he was reading and by it was, he was 12 when we realized he watched a movie and he said, what, you mean everybody's letters don't move on the screen? Cause it was a lot, it was a movie about dyslexia. And I said, this has been our issue for that long, but here's the thing. Like I always, he, now he's so brilliant and he's going to be 16, but it really stems back from trusting him and trusting myself as a homeschool mom to know that I didn't have to keep pushing him, that he would learn when, when it was necessary for him, when he wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Trust is the big factor there, but so is observation. You were taking the time to reflect and get to know your child for who they were exactly. And you were observing and that takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of practice. And it's like a lifelong thing for sure. I mean, it's like in my marriage, I observed, did my husband have a good night's sleep or not? (laughs) You know, (laughs) which he mostly does because we sleep in separate rooms, but, um, just (laughs) observing people there is something to that, you know, your friendships, like you observe like, Oh, it seems like maybe so-and-so isn't having a great day or, Oh, so-and-so seems in a really good mood today. Or, Oh, you know, there's like these different levels of observation. And I think that we forget that. And it is a big part of homeschool. You know, it's about reading other people that we're interacting with, right. You know, whether that be on podcast interviews or with your ad stuff, you really have to observe 
and try to get a read on people. And it's just such an important component too. But if you practice it and you trust and you let go of that control and you make way for curiosity to be curious about other people, you know, what is your homeschool like? What is your business like? What lights you on fire? What interests you? All of that you immediately build a deeper connection because curiosity can be a really healthy form of connection and depth. And I think that goes for our businesses. I think that goes for our relationships and definitely for homeschool. Curiosity is like the main ingredient in the homeschool soup. Oh, I agree 1000%. All right. So as we wrap up our conversation, if you were sitting down with one of these new homeschool CEOs, So they've been running a business for a while, but due to everything that's going on in the world, they're like, you know what? I never thought I would homeschool, but at least for this year, I'm just going to try this out because it's the best alternative I have at this moment. What is that one bit of advice that you would give them after a decade of homeschooling? What would you tell them? Oh my gosh. I just want to sit them all down. And be like, how do you take your coffee? Can I get you anything? <laughs> you know, it's it's gonna be great. And you and you can do this. And specifically for the CEO type, specifically for the business type, that it is completely normal to feel on fire about everything. That you don't want to stop creating or stop doing your business stuff to go <laughs> parent. <laughs> Or homeschool, Mm -hmm. or you don't want to stop homeschooling because you're deep into this lesson, but you have a scheduled call. You know, you're going to feel this pull back and forth, but that's great because full schedule, full heart, full life, the long term relationships really do matter. It's going to take a lot of practice to put those fires on hold, everything that lights you up on hold. It's kind of like reading a good book. You know, you don't want to put it down. You know, you're right on this cliffhanger. And then someone tells you, you have to go do something else. You know, if you're a work at home mom, it's like, mom, come help me in the bathroom. (laughs) You know, and it's going to be glamorous moments and not glamorous moments. And you're going to have mixed feelings about all of that. And that's okay. I try to time block as much as I can, you know, say from five to seven in the morning, this is mommy's time. But if my kids absolutely need to come to me, they are always welcome to be with me, whatever that looks like. If they were to walk into the middle of an interview, I feel like I just made like, I'm going to karma that right now. <laughs> they can, you know, I want them to know that I'm available. And if this is a time, thank heavens, that business and education are all being reframed. We're all being asked, whether you're a CEO, whether you work for somebody else, whether you did public brick and mortar school or whatever, or homeschooled before, it's this big mashup, this big reorganizing of everything. And people are starting to be more real, right? They're appreciating that realness. So if you're finding yourself needing to be what seems to be unprofessional in the business world because your kid walks in or you have to excuse yourself to go take care of something, it's okay to do that. So there's going to be a lot of mixed feelings, but the good news is the world is opening up doors for that, for all of it, all of it, because it's a full schedule, full homeschool, full parenting. That's a full life. And there is time and space to enjoy that and to sit down with your other homeschool CEO friends and have a cup of coffee and enjoy each other's company and and chat about it too. Yes. Yes. Oh, such good advice. All right, Lori Beth, tell our audience where they can find you online. 
Sure. Instagram is my favorite social media platform and I am at Lori Beth Aldridge over there. And I'm on my website, elevatingmotherhood.com. My blog is yayamamas.com. And there's some stuff on Facebook too, but uh, yeah, keep uh, I'll keep you posted on the off Facebook options <laughs> in the near future too. <laughs> Nice. And just so y'all know, homeschool CEOs, we're also moving off Facebook. It's just a matter of time. So if you're finding us, find us on Facebook right now because we will not be there forever. All right. Thank you so much for being a guest here today, Lori Beth. It's been great. Oh, thank you. Hey, friend. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.